When this episode drops, it's going to be Memorial Day. And May and June are, for most of us in higher ed, the end of an academic year. And so I thought this would be a good time to revisit planning, not just because summer is here, but also because I want you to start thinking about fall. I know it seems like a long ways away, but if you don't pay attention to your fall calendar now, and then if you're anything like me and you let people fill up your calendar, you're going to have these wide open spaces in September and October and maybe even August that other people fill. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be in control of your fall calendar. So as we think about summer being a time to refresh, and as Rebecca Poperark says, also reckoning and renewal, I thought we would spend some time preparing our calendar ahead of time. Before I do that, though, I want to put in a plug. I kind of snuck it in there. Rebecca's book, Unraveling Faculty Burnout, is fantastic. And if it's not on your list for summer read, I highly recommend you grab it. You can get a copy at the Johns Hopkins University Press, obviously Amazon, or even your local bookseller. But let's talk about your fall calendar. Welcome to episode 53. Hey there, I'm Carol Shabrias, and I walked away from a 25-year career as a higher ed exec so that I could help you. I've had great bosses and shitty ones. I've been a good boss, and to be honest, probably a shitty one. I've learned a lot along the way, and now I share everything I've learned to help you be the kind of leader you've always wanted to follow. Each week, I share practical advice and research-based strategies to help make your job easier. Whether you're a seasoned faculty member, a new department chair, stepping into a new role on the cabinet, or just exploring your options and next steps, I'm here to help you align your professional aspirations, your personal values, and the leadership of your dreams. I'm so excited you're here. Thanks for listening to the Uplift Podcast. Summer is a great time to think about life (laughs) and what we want from it. As the parent of teenagers, I have to say, I think a lot about how much childhood summers have changed over time. So if you're my age-ish, you're from a generation where summer meant a lot of boredom, right? Running around the streets, being told to go out and not come home until it was dark, lots of free play, who knew what sorts of shenanigans we were going to get up to. My kids, when they were little, were not like that at all. They had very scheduled summers. I had a job. My husband had a job. My kids were in camp. One summer we had, actually more than one summer, several summers we had nannies. Um, And now that they're more self-reliant and are teenagers, they have actually really tech-heavy summers. I do have a friend of a friend who is giving her kids what she calls an 80s summer. They're going fishing taking impromptu picnics, going on bike rides, like the stuff that nostalgia is made of. If you're an academic, though, summer is probably the season where maybe you unwind, but you probably also try and catch up. You catch up on your research, your reading. In fact, I told you to add something to your reading list at the beginning of the episode. You catch up on your writing. Maybe you catch up on your course prep. If you're an administrator, you're probably also trying to catch up on policies or other administrative stuff. Maybe some hiring, maybe some job descriptions or all sorts of things we need to update and take care of because we didn't get to them during the crush of the academic year. For many of us, summer is also a season where we're maybe able to catch up a little bit on our life. We see our friends more. 
we have dinner a little later, we spend more time socializing, maybe we get a little sleep, we get to sleep in a little bit, maybe we get more fresh air, we go for walks, we get more outdoor exercise. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you already know about the chaos of my life and my calendar in January of last year. It was chaos and actually, honestly, also despair that prompted so many of the changes that I went through in 2022. But that January, when I had to cancel a vacation and I looked at my calendar and it was a freaking disaster, I learned a lot about how to think differently about time. And I've used all of what I learned to continue controlling my calendar really differently and organizing my days really differently. But a couple things have happened. One is I find that I still keep learning. I keep learning new things, making revisions, tweaking ideas, and also (laughs) worse, man, I have some bad habits. I have some old bad habits that are dying hard. I came face to face with this recently when I conducted a time audit at the recommendation of my business coach. She was like, how are you spending your days? I was like, I don't know. I used to do time audits with my staff when I ran a nonprofit. And we would do those time audits partly for the auditing purpose, but also partly so we could talk to the board about how it was we were spending our time, how much on fundraising, how much on management activities, how much on program development. I have a friend right now who's doing a time audit with admissions counselors saying where it is they spend their time and how they can revive change how they spend their time in order to increase yield. Time audits are a pain in the ass and also they're super magical. They are so informative. They are a great way to see literally, realistically, what you're doing with your days. And every time I do a time audit, I learn what I think I'm doing with my days is not actually what I'm doing with my days. This recent time audit that I finished, I went for three weeks, which was excruciating. It was a long time and it's time audits are really boring and repetitive and persnickety and three weeks was a long time, but it taught me some things. And one of the things that I learned that I didn't know I was still doing is that I'm still doubling up on my time. That is, I, (laughs) I am double booking myself. It turns out that having a double booked calendar is a really hard habit to break. And you might be wondering, since I'm in charge of my calendar, how it is that I end up double booking my time? Well, let me give you an example. If I want to listen to a particular podcast episode, I tend to think to myself, oh, great. Okay, I'm going to do that next time I'm in the car, even though I know that the next time I'm in the car is going to be when I'm on morning high school carpool duty. And the thing is, when I'm on high school carpool duty, I actually like listening to what's going on in the car. It's such a great way for me to learn about the kids, hearing them interact in real time, learning about their relationships with teachers and friends I've never met, even listening to the music of their choice. So the time I'm going to spend driving is already dedicated to something that I care about, something that's meaningful to me. And yet, for some reason, that doesn't stop my brain from thinking, oh yeah, well, you're going to be in the car, so that's a great time to catch up on the podcast. It is not. Or I'll do something that I learned to do during the pandemic, which was, quote unquote, attend a webinar, by which I mean registering and then letting it run in the background while I do something else. The time audit brought me face-to-face with the reality that I was doing a terrible job at unitasking, even though I had been reorganizing my calendar to stay more focused and to be able to give myself more time for deep work. And I got to tell you, I love deep work. 
When I'm really in the flow, it is not uncommon for one hour, two hours, or even more to go by when I'm completely oblivious to everything around me. And I look up and I'm like, oh my God, where did the time go? I love that feeling. And I'm guessing you do too. If you've got an advanced degree, you probably spend a great deal of time in that space studying the thing you love. That sense of purposeful flow when things feel integrated and connected, that is what I want to help you achieve. That's actually how I want to spend more and more of my own days. I've been inspired in this way of thinking by Oliver Berkman, who wrote the book 4,000 Weeks, Time Management for Mortals. It came out in 2021. It was great timing with the pandemic. I first read this book in the winter of 2022 when I was trying to untangle my work calendar and regain my sense of clarity and purpose. And honestly, I cannot recommend this book enough. Okay, it's about anti-productivity hacks and it's written by someone who's made his career studying productivity hacks. So it's this great shift for him. Towards the end of the book, there's a chapter called The Human Disease, which in a nutshell is our nutty effort to master time and even more our silly belief that we actually can master time. In this chapter, Berkman asks us a series of questions that are designed to help us relieve ourselves of our wrongheadedness. One of the questions I love is this. Are you holding yourself to and judging yourself by standards of productivity or performance that are impossible to meet? (laughs) If you're in higher ed, I'm just going to hazard a guess that yes, the answer is yes. If you have any sort of leadership position on a college campus, I'm guessing the answer is yes. If your calendar is ever double booked, the answer is yes. If you're rushing from meeting to meeting with no thinking time in between, the answer is yes. If you're actually doing your job at home on the evenings and weekends because you don't have time to do it during the workday, then the answer is yes. Berkman writes, there is a sort of cruelty in holding yourself to standards nobody could ever reach. The more humane approach is to drop such efforts as completely as you can. Let your impossible standards crash to the ground, then pick a few meaningful tasks from the rubble and get started on them today. Anyway, when I figured this all out (laughs) more than a year ago, I created a planner, which I now call the Grounded Academic Leader. And I use this planner now every quarter to review my goals, reset my time, rethink my energy and my priorities. And the recent time audit I did gave me occasion to refresh the Grounded Academic Leader. And I decided to offer a free workshop on using it. So If you're listening to this episode the week it drops, there's a free workshop coming up Friday, June 2nd. I'll give you more details at the end, but plan on joining us. And at the end of the episode, I'll give you information about how to sign up. So the planner is grounded in the principles of backward design. Think ahead to what you're really trying to accomplish and organize your activities to get you there. It sounds very simple in practice. If you've used backward design in teaching, if you've used it in strategic planning, you know it's super useful and it's also deceptively difficult. But the workshop that I've put together breaks this down into three component parts. Designing your life through inspired action, integrating your life through reimagining your time, and supporting your life by finding help, which... (laughs) I'm terrible at. So this is a reminder to me to do that as well. Each of these areas draws a little bit from mindset work and a little bit from productivity hacks and also a little bit from self-care. 
So you'll do some work in thinking and imagining, and you'll do some work in like strategy and planning, and you'll do some work in habit setting and hacking your calendar and actual kind of productivity stuff. So I hope you'll come to the workshop. You can also grab the planner if you wanted to choose it on your own. And let me kind of walk you through the basic ideas so that you know if it's something that will appeal to you. So this, the first part of the workshop is designing your life. And in that part, we think kind of about the end result, but we're really focusing on six months out, just the end of December, the end of the calendar year, the end of fall term. And what we'll do is think about if you take that target of December 2023, what do you want to be visibly different in December? How will December look that your day today in May of 2023 does not look? You're going to use that end goal as a thing you're going to work toward. But before you decide on what you're going to do to get there, you're going to take an interim step of deciding what milestones will tell you that you're making the progress you want to make. So where are you trying to get? What are the landmarks along the way that will tell you you're on the path? And then what are the activities you can do? Literally, how can you spend your time getting to those landmarks? Because you know landmark by landmark is how you're going to get to that final goal. Then once you know what the activities are that will get you to the landmarks that get you to your final goal, then you're going to scope out the time commitment that those different activities take. Because some of them are tiny, right? Some of them you can work on a little bit here, a little bit there. Some of them you can work on once a week. Some of them you might only work on once, but you need a whole week. So you're going to look at all those activities that you need to accomplish to get to the December of your dreams. And you're going to figure out how much time each of those different activities will take. And then you're going to put that aside because you'll have that little pile of information about what you want to accomplish and how much time those things will take you. And then we'll move to the second section on integrating your life. And integrating your life is really pulling everything from the various parts of your life into one place in two particular domains. The first domain is energy and context. One of the ways we hurt ourselves most is by having days that are so jam-packed with a variety of activities that we're constantly context shifting Right? We're constantly jumping around from type of thinking to type of thinking, from place to place, from event to event, and it makes it really hard to focus. It actually decreases our attention. The other thing we're going to think about is energy. When in your day and when in your weeks do you have what kind of energy? Some of your energy will be great writing energy. Some of your energy will be great socializing energy. Some of your energy will be great exercise energy. So you'll be thinking not only about the kind of context of the work you're doing, but also the energy you yourself bring to the work as you do it. So let me go back to the high school carpool duty example and kind of show you what this looks like. Here's a day that I could really easily encounter. I start with high school carpool duty and I haven't dropped everyone off until 8.30. And then I have an appointment at 11 and then I'm back on carpool duty at 3. So I have this time between 8.30 and 11 and then however long my appointment lasts and then sometime around 12 or 1 I have another block of work time but I'm back on carpool duty at 3. That's a day when my context is already shifting a lot. So it's not a good day for me to choose work that requires singularity that requires deep focus or extended amounts of time. So that's not going to be a day where I'm like, I'm going to squeeze in an hour of writing. That would be stupid. I would be shooting myself in the foot. But it would be a great day for me to do something like 
clearing my email inbox, for double checking with my budget, for responding to scheduling requests, for grabbing coffee with a friend, right? Like anything that also is kind of short and choppy, those things really work because my day is already short and choppy. So I know that sounds really obvious, but if you're anything like me, and I have decades of this as a habit, I'm in the habit of trying to cram something into any open space. I have a free hour, oh my God, I have to write that presentation, I'm gonna write it right now. That is a bad way to spend an hour on a day when I'm frequently context shifting. So instead of looking at an open space and thinking, oh hell yeah, I can plug something in there, we're going to think about our calendars more carefully. So in that first section of the workshop, we came up with our vision and the kinds of work we wanted to do and the amount of time we needed to do that work. In the second part of the workshop, we're starting to pull together an understanding of what our context and energy looks like in relationship to the work we laid out in the first section. And we're going to pull in all of our various calendars. So in our house, I have a calendar. Shannon has a calendar. The public schools have a calendar. I'm on a couple calendars for work projects I do. They're not I, like they're not calendars I own. I want all of of those calendars to show up in one place so that I can see everything. And I want that calendar to also reflect what matters most to me. So in this second part of the workshop, we're going to get all of our calendars onto one primary calendar, not because we want to share it with everybody, but because we, we want to block off times when we're not available so that people don't claim them. And we want one place that shows our priorities, birthday dinners, family outings, vacations, doctor's appointments, teaching times, graduation dates, first and last day of classes, board meetings, everything that is going to come into your life in the fall, you want to show up on the calendar because that's actually part of your schedule. And so instead of trying to squeeze stuff in late, you're going to use that all to frame your calendar from the front end. And then once you've pulled in that single calendar that shows everything, you're going to schedule And we're thinking now ahead to fall when you probably don't yet have very many ad hoc meetings on your schedule. So you've got this kind of blank slate. So this is the time to schedule all that work you came up with in the first part of the workshop. Schedule in your priorities. Claim that time now. Create the space you need for deep work. And then when people come to your calendar in the fall and they want to schedule meetings, they will come into a calendar where they're working with your priorities instead of asking you to always respond to theirs. Okay, and then the third part is supporting your life. And then the third part of the workshop is supporting your life. You're going to look at your calendar and identify where you need help, think about who can offer it, and figure out how and when you're going to ask them. So for example, maybe someone manages your calendar. You can ask them not to accept any meetings with other people during your deep work time. That's on your calendar. Tell them that it's sacred or tell them not to accept any meetings with people on Friday afternoons, right? But the person who's managing your calendar can help you keep your calendar organized the way you want it. Or maybe your team can help you. Maybe one of the things you're doing is shortening your meeting time. So you could ask everyone on your team to get on board with 25-minute meetings instead of 30 minutes. Or you can ask the whole team if you can shift from weekly check-ins to bi-weekly check-ins. But recruit your team. Let them help you shape your days the way you want to shape them. Or maybe it's your boss. So one thing you could do is tell your boss what your priorities are for the term. 
check in with that person to make sure your priorities align with their expectations and then obviously make any adjustments that you need to. You might also say to them, as you can see, I'm pretty booked up for the term. I won't be able to take on new projects unless I give something else up. So if something comes my way, I'm going to need your help talking about what is most important to the institution and resetting priorities. Or maybe you're going to say to them, hey, I've got this professional development goal. There's a conference in the fall. I'd like to make sure that I can have that week off now. And I'd also like to request some professional development funds to support it while I'm at it. Or maybe the help you need isn't at work. Maybe you need a babysitter. Maybe you need a dog sitter. Oh my God, I could use a house cleaner. An alternative to that would be asking the people I live with to chip in with housework or with other chores. Maybe you want to delegate something you do on the regular. Maybe you'd like someone else in the family to do the grocery shopping or to do the laundry or to mow the lawn or whatever it is. But once you see your calendar and once you can see where your priorities are taking you, where your heavy time commitments are, you'll be able to see now what sort of help you need coming. This is your time to identify the support you want to help you achieve your goals. So that's the workshop in a nutshell. Three parts, one part where you are designing your days according to your goals, one part where you are integrating all aspects of your life and getting them all into one place, and a third part where you are determining where you need help and figuring out how you're gonna ask for it. If that sounds like useful work for you as you're planning for the fall, you've got two options. One is to download a copy of the planner. It is totally free. You can get it at theclariogroup.com forward slash grounded. It's the Grounded Academic Leader for Academic Year 2024. Your second choice is to grab that calendar and then come join me for a free workshop. The workshop is Friday, June 2nd. So if you're listening to this podcast the week it drops, it's this coming Friday, 11 a.m. Central. Once you download the planner, you'll get a follow-up email with information about how to join the workshop. You don't need to register, but you do need to download the planner. Otherwise, I won't know to invite you. So I really hope to see you this coming Friday, June 2nd at 11 a.m. Central for a 75-minute workshop, at the end of which you will have a map to a calm, collected, inspiring fall calendar. See you then. Meanwhile, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of The Uplift, the podcast dedicated to elevating and amplifying women's leadership in higher education. Take a moment to follow. You can find me over on Apple Podcasts or Overcast or Spotify, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find all previous episodes with transcript, show notes, and links at my website, www.theclariogroup.com. And hey, I see you with your phone open. Come connect with me on social. You can follow the Clario Group on LinkedIn or Facebook. You can also just follow me and you'll see all the Clario Group content. And once you've followed, please drop me a DM to say hi. I'd like to know you're there. All right, that's it. I will see you next week. Same time, same place for the next episode of The Uplift. Bye for now. Thank you.